Welcome to the Experts in Dubai show, your home for deeper news, behind the scenes and real life stories. Hello everyone, it's Amber Waheed and welcome to the Experts in Dubai show. Properties are obviously a wonderful investment opportunity, but as with every investment, it needs to be protected and increased in value. How does Dubai address this? Well, RERA, the Real Estate Regulatory Agency, created owners committees. An owners committee is a group of individuals or owners who represent the collective body of all owners in the community. Their aim is to protect the home purchases and also boost the real estate investments. The committee plays an advisory role in the day-to-day running of the community. They're not a legal entity. The primary responsibility for the admin, operation and management of a community is with the appointed RERA licensed and approved management company. The management bodies have control to operate the common areas at freehold developments in Dubai while under the direct supervision of RERA. This is under Job Law, Law Number no. 27 of 2007, that came into force on the 1st of April 2008 and amended 19th of November 2019 under Law Number no. 6. The Owners Committee is appointed by RERA. They issue the invites for Owners Committee membership, and the committee consists of up to nine owners. Just a footnote the developer cannot be a member of the Owners Committee unless they own unsold units in the common property. So what criteria do you have to meet to become a member of the committee? Well, it's very simple. You have to have full legal capacity over the age of 18. You have to be an actual resident of their property in the community. You can't own a property but live somewhere else or outside the community. You need to have a good conduct certificate from Dubai Police and you must have paid all the service charges and utility charges associated with your property. So how does the committee maintain the investment value of your properties? Well, to answer that question, today I have invited the chairman of the Owners Committee for the Burj Residences in downtown, one of Imar's most prestigious communities. It's a community that consists of nine towers of approximately 31 floors and over 1,000 owners. Mr. Reza Mohammadi, welcome to the show and thank you for taking the time out to talk to us today. Pleasure. Imar are very proud of this community, not only because of the visual aspects, but because of the way it's run and the fact that over the years it has maintained its investment value during the political and economic climates. Yes, it fluctuates slightly, but it bounces back up. Yes, um, as you know, Dubai has witnessed tremendous growth over the past 25 years, providing opportunities for expats to be part of this unique experience. I've lived and worked in Dubai for about 20 years, and it really has been an amazing journey. So as a planner and engineer, I work on a a number of challenging projects and unique projects uh, such as Dubai Metro, Dubai Tram, and many others. But more importantly, I have actually witnessed the implementation of these projects, and that's a unique experience to have. Downtown is a flagship development of AMR, with standout buildings and attractions such as Burj Khalifa, Dubai Mall, Address Hotels and many others. Is Imar your go-to developer? I have only invested in Imar properties because I believe in Imar. They always provide uh, high standard uh, buildings and they are always on time or roughly on time. 
Let's start with the Burj Residence Committee itself. When was it created? Actually, since the buildings were handed over to the owners back in 2007-2008, a few of us owners started communicating with MR Management Community. MR Management Community is actually the management company monitoring and managing the buildings on behalf of MR and on behalf of the owners. So we started meeting each other and discuss related issues to the, to, the, to the development. And over time, this became a regular event when we met once a month and discussed concerning issues and in- initiatives for improving the community. This continued until a few years later, RERA began inviting owners to form owners' committee. And therefore, the whole process was formalized then. And what essentially is the committee's role? How do they streamline your role and also your role as a chairman? Well, the main purpose of the committee is to maintain a continuous communication with the management company with the objective of ensuring the community is well maintained and enhanced as and when required. Our members have different backgrounds with specific expertise. Some of our members are engineers and some are business owners and therefore bring valuable skills and expertise to the committee. It is important to note that the owners committee is not a legal entity and members do not get paid for their services. <laughs> I think the point about the committee not being a legal entity is very important because I don't think a lot of people realize that. Absolutely. So we do not have any legal authority to make any decisions that can be legally challenged. As the chairman of the committee, my role is really to ensure that all members have equal say in all the decisions made for the community. How do you make decisions as a committee? Because I'm, I'm assuming that you know, you're from different nationalities, you have different opinions. How do you manage that to drive things forward? There's likely to be difference of opinion on certain issues. I'm sure. Absolutely. So what we do is that we discuss them in detail, we go through all the pros and cons, and then at the end, we reach a consensus. Uh, The important point is that if there was no consensus, then we have a majority vote, and the majority vote is the one that we take forward. So the committee meets once a month, but it's not a rare requirement to meet once a month. Absolutely. The RERA requires that uh, the committee means uh, quarterly. Uh, However, since we um, started meeting uh, before the committee was formally certified by by RERA, we started meeting once a month. We maintain that trend, so we meet once a month. But the other reason is that we have nine buildings. It's a reasonably big uh, community compared to rest of the communities in, in Dubai. Uh, so therefore, there is a need to meet more regularly. And we, have, we, we are undertaking many, many initiatives that requires regular meetings. And everybody is happy for, you know, to meet once a month. Well, that, that's the important thing, that you have the time and the willingness to, to meet on a regular basis to upkeep the community. How, I'm interested to know, how does the committee work with the different entities involved in the community? Because you have EMAR, the management company, you have the EMAR security group, and of course you have RERA. So do you have any guidance from RERA itself? There are guidance uh, from RERA. However, the committee 
mainly communicates with the AMR management company who is managing the community on behalf of the owners. And any communication with RERA or contractors or external companies like the facility management company who looks after the community or a security company, all that communication is done by the AMR management company. We are only communicating with them However, if there are cases and uh, circumstances that we need to meet with external companies, we, go, we meet them through the AMR management company. Let's, let's talk about the service charge. <laughs> this is the bane of every property owner's life. I think as long as they can see where their service charge is going, I think they're relatively okay with paying it and paying it on time. So does the service charge, the budget, does that fall under one of your functions? As far as reviewing the service charges, yes. What happens every year is that uh, the AMR community management uh, prepares the, um, the service charges. It's not just a service charge, it's just basically the whole expenditure for the coming year. So they prepare a budget for the coming year. And that budget is presented to the board and the board reviews it. And then any comments that the board members have is taken into consideration. And once everything is agreed, then that budget has to go to RERA for approval. There are certain ways of calculating service charges for the individuals, how to pay those service charges. And that is as per RERA's rules and regulations. And how is the service charge calculated because in the Burj residence you have one, two, three and four bed units. And I'm not sure if the balcony size is also included in the service charge. Can you just clarify that for us? So the way the service charges for each apartment is calculated has changed a couple of times in recent years by RERA. And the latest calculation is based on total area of the apartment, including the balcony. So if you have a bigger number of bedrooms, then by default you will have a bigger balcony and therefore you will have to pay higher service charges. I feel sorry for the people in the penthouse. <laughs> they have a huge balcony. I think they can afford it. <laughs> so your committee members have actually reduced the service charge over the years. Yes, so we have two objectives in mind. One is that to maintain the level of service charges or reduce it where possible, but also make sure that we are enhancing and improving the community itself. And any enhancement and improvements requires money. So therefore, our first objective is that the service charges are not increased annually, but the second objective is that there is sufficient money in the budget for improving and maintaining the community. However, over the last couple of years, we have been able to reduce the service charges slightly compared to the previous years. I think this is why the Burj residence in particular is still a hot property. If you can still get a unit in this community, it's still seen as prestigious. And I think it's because of the you can see you can see where the service charge is going and also because the service charge has been maintained over the years. Absolutely. This is very important because what the intention is, is that we keep the prestige and the importance of the Borge residences. And that is important. And that's why uh, the members are uh, quite keen to spend whatever time is required in order to 
bring in those skills and expertise for the enhancement of the community. Just on the back of the service charge, owners will be reassured to know that since the 19th of November 2019, the developers in Dubai can no longer collect service charge from property owners. That responsibility falls under the property management company. And the funds go into, I understand, seven approved banks. The Dubai Land Department through RERA has launched an online system called Malak, which means owner in Arabic, to essentially monitor payment of service charges. This will give owners and new potential owners a lot of confidence that their service charge is protected and not being misused. This is true. Uh, the service charges, as you rightly mentioned, are put into an account, an escrow account, and everything that is uh, taken from the service charges or from the account is recorded Um, properly and is transparent and the, it's audited every year uh, so there is no uh, we don't have any problem or issue with that uh, at all. Okay let's move on to the investment which all owners will be keeping an eye out. You make recommendations on the sinking fund to explain to our listeners the sinking fund is cash set aside for any future upkeep of a property that requires some planning. You have to think two years in advance if you have a major refurbishment project and then start saving for that, right? Right. So we have, every year we budget for regular maintenance work. But as part of that, we are aware that certain aspects of the buildings need to be improved every five years or every 10 years and those involve significant uh, um investment. So apart from that, there are other areas that require improvements that also require some investment. For example, in the past years, we have improved all our, our gyms. So we have refurbished them. We've got the latest equipments in the gyms. We have improved our uh, access to the parking areas. We've automated that. And we are currently working on a project to improve our lobbies. And the reason is that these lobbies are 11, 12 years old. But also a number of new buildings are coming up in, um, in, in downtown uh, with uh, new lobbies and new designs. And therefore, it is important that we keep our lobbies and our buildings um, also updated and in line with new developments and, and, and the designs. So... What happens is that a part of the service charge, roughly about 4 to 5% of the service charge are put into a, a sinking fund. And this sinking fund is uh, kept aside for future improvements and or emergencies. And what kind of things would upkeep the investment value of a community? So the whole building is divided into two parts. One part is the common areas And the other part is the private areas. So the private areas are maintained by the owners and, and the residents. But the common areas are where everybody, people that living within the community, but also people that come from outside will see it. And that is our focus. Focus is that to improve the common areas. For example, the um, aesthetic of, of the facades. So we make sure that we are routinely cleaning the, the facades of the building and keeping it clean, um, the lighting, the lobbies, the uh, landscaping, 
and, and so on. So these are very important parts that adds value to the buildings and also safeguards the owner's investment you know, in terms of maintaining the upkeep, as you put it. One of the features that really stands out with the Burj residents, and maybe all of Imar's properties, I'm not sure, but they really focus on the car parking because I've seen a lot of developments where the car parking, the cars are right next to each other. And here, they're very spacious. Absolutely. As, uh, again, parking is, is, is a major part of the common area. So uh, the layout of the parking is very good. So that's already been done by the architects and the designers. But also maintaining the car park is very important. The access to the car park is important. The lighting, uh, the signage and uh, safety of, of, of the car park is important. So we spend quite a bit of money and investment in making sure that the car parks are well-maintained, well-lit, and is safe. And reserved for you. <laughs> no one else can park there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Just on the note of holiday homes, holiday homes have taken over many communities, as we know. And here at the Burj Residence, the board have worked closely with the operators to ensure the minimum disruption to their residents. How did you work on that relationship? Fortunately, Holiday homes are part of and parcel of our buildings, and we cannot get away with it. Uh, and the only way that we can address the issue is to work with the operators of holiday homes and try and lessen the impact on our residents. So first, we've identified what the issues are. Uh, we've uh, surveyed uh, our residents to uh, understand exactly what the issues are. So then what we did, we uh, sat with the management of the holiday home operators and we conveyed the messages and therefore we came to a, an agreement that they would follow a certain processes and guidelines for Bosch residences. And these included, for example, as far as possible, not to do late checking or early checking, i.e. middle of the night checking, checkout, but also no loud music after after certain hours. And what also they did, which we requested them and they accepted that, is not to bring in a group of uh, singles into our community. So therefore, what they're doing now is only checking in families into our community. So therefore, the problem has been reduced, but not gone away. It's good that you created that relationship and then you built that relationship with the operators to, to have a harmonious experience. Absolutely. I think at the beginning they, they were not taking any notice and we started actually certain measures against them and they realized that the only way uh, that they can work is to also take notice of the problems and, and, and the complaints that we're receiving from our residents. And now we work with them uh, on a win-win situation and it's working good. Great. Okay, let's move on to the challenges of being on an owner's committee that owners should be aware of before they consider joining a committee. Well, first of all, the person has to be fully committed, has to have the time to spend as and when required in dealing with matters, um, attending the board meetings, and also important to bring in some value to the board, i.e. some sort of a skills, expertise. Um, but the most important thing is that the person has to recognize that this is a free of 
charge service. It's totally free. Totally free. There is no perks. There is no money. There is no、uh, fee for the services provided. It's totally free. And sometimes th- there is a need to spend more than ten hours, fifteen hours a week, and that person has to be prepared to do that. And some of the challenges from the owners themselves. I mean, what kind of feedback do you get from them? Of course, with every community, there are certain、um, issues and challenges that we have to deal with.、Uh, but、uh, we are fortunate that we have very good members with good background, but also working with MR. And some of these challenges cannot be addressed independently. We have to communicate and coordinate with MR, and they're always very good, and they always come in. And assist us if they can. So, for example, if there was a a community issue,、um, the board would write a letter to the chairman of EMAR and, and go down that route. Yes, in fact, it has happened a few times. I've written to the chairman of EMAR、uh, and requesting to help us in addressing certain issues, and they have done it. I mean, for example. Uh, we used to suffer from loud construction noise、uh, at evenings, and、uh, I wrote to the、uh, MR chairman, and he was very helpful, and he stopped it. That's a great relationship there. No,、uh, absolutely, yeah. It's fantastic to know. Yes, it's a win-win situation.、Uh, we live in the community, and we represent quite a big part of the community, and we are working very hard to enhance and maintain the value of the community. And AMR has exactly the same objectives, and they want to make sure that the the people living and working in the community they enjoy it, and that's why、uh, they help us whenever they can. And finally, you've been a resident for so long in Dubai, twenty years. You've seen it all. What is your advice to people thinking of buying property in today's market? What I can say is that Dubai is a fast-growing city with numerous opportunities for everybody. And it is a wonderful, dynamic, safe, and fun place to live in. And individuals can be part of this history, and they can live in here for a long time, working here for a long time, and buying a property, investing in property, just making sense. I mean, just imagine if you hadn't bought property in the last twenty years, all of that dead rent money. Not only that, but also you would. Lose the possibility of your property increasing value, and having a place that you call home, and that's very important. Reza, thank you so much for coming on the show. Pleasure. And congratulations on managing a successful board and maintaining the value of your property investment. Thank you so much. We are back on Monday with the Great Ford Fightback series, which focuses on the financial advisory industry. So join us for that as we continue focusing on the expat journey in Dubai. Have a lovely weekend and see you next week.